You ever heard of soft touch? You ever heard of a finger roll? Little sun, little raindrop. And you watch this thing grow. Follow me like a firefly. At midnight and mid-July. Mixing blood and sweat and tears and joy. That's what I call the rally cry. Hello everyone, you are listening to the Debt Dad Show. I am your host, Jeff, from AEMoneySolutions.com, where we will run with you through your debt-free journey. On today's show, episode 10, we are going down under to Australia to talk to 25-year-old Madeline Gray. She paid off $57,000 of debt in just 16 months. And today, she's going to tell us exactly how she did that. Maddie, welcome to the Debt Dad Show. Welcome. Thank you for having me. No, yeah, I'm really excited to have you on. So you are 26, is that right? Almost. So I'm 25 now, 26 in a couple of months. So yeah, I'm excited to have you on because a lot of the people that are in the debt-free community, a, a lot of them tend to be in the older range, like 30 plus. So it'll be interesting to talk to you and and see where you kind of came from and how you guys went along your journey at, at the age of you know 24 and, and 25. Plus, you're from Australia, which is way on the other side of the world from us. So that's also very exciting. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty cool because there's not much of a debt-free community down under. So okay. Good. it's nice so, to get people on board. Yeah, for sure it is. So why don't you give the listeners an idea of kind of where you and your husband came from in terms of debt and what kind of debt you had and, and how much you had? Between the two of us, we had $44,217. The only thing we didn't have was a car loan. So we had multiple personal loans, multiple credit cards. Uh, My husband had things in collections from gym memberships to car accidents that he was in a process of a payment schedule. We owed our family. Uh, He owed people as well. And it was was just a nightmare. There was just so much money going in so many different places that I just, we couldn't keep track of it. Right. So did you guys both bring debt? Because you guys are newly married. Is that correct? Yeah, 12 months. Okay, so did you guys both bring debt into the yes. marriage? You did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. So did, I guess I assume you guys both knew about each other's debts going in? Or was it not really was, a topic of discussion with you guys? I mean, I was always very transparent about money because like, it, it doesn't mean anything to me. So I'm very open. I'm very honest. Yeah. I like to talk about it. Whereas my husband, he was more on the, you know, if I don't see it, it doesn't really count, doesn't really matter. You know, it did take a couple of months for me to get all the financial information out of him. It was like bleeding a rock. (laughs) But being able to understand where everything was and what process he got to the point where he was at that point in time. Right. So we actually, we joined finances well before we got married, probably six months before we got married because I was just so sick of seeing where everything was. Right. And I'd have to keep asking him questions and it would really frustrate him. So I got access to all of his stuff and I just started handling it from there on out. I, I was very much the same with my wife. I mean, even after we were married, because I looked after a lot of the stuff. So 
she would ask me finance questions and I'd say, don't worry about it. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. And we really weren't fine, but I felt like I was the guy and I had to kind of take care of that stuff. So I didn't want to put any yeah. pressure on her. And I kind of just tried to take it on myself, which I was not very good at at that time, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So what, there's always a tipping point where you guys have, you know, people have had enough of being in debt and drowning in debt and not being able to pay their bills and they don't feel like they have enough money at the end of the month. What was your guys's tipping point that said, this is it, we're done. We're going to take care of this. Uh, it was probably the point. So I was working for the government and I was doing a non ongoing contract and everybody kept telling me, you know, once you're in, you're in, you know, you'll continuously be extended. You won't need to worry about it. But then it got to a point where I just wasn't extended and I was like, okay, well, what am I going to do now? And, you know, I had one of the ladies come down. She goes, look, we're giving you three weeks notice. You have to find a new job. You know, thank you for your service. Rah, rah, rah. So I was like, okay, well, I've got three, I've got three weeks to find a new job. I was like, what's going to happen if I can't, you know, we moved out and moved in together the day after I got this notice. So I was expecting to just continuously be extended in, you know, various different roles, depending on what my skill set fit, but I wasn't. So we were kind of thrown in the deep end. And luckily enough, Nick at the time was making enough money to support us both during, you know, those first couple of weeks where I had to find a new job. Right. So did you guys, did you guys do anything to fast track your debt payoff? Was there anything that you guys had to sell or? Did you have any, did you get a second job or things of that nature? I already had a second job. Okay. So I also work in a supermarket as a checkout chick. Right. And I was doing, you know, up to 25 hours a week there and 40 hours a week at my contract job. Yeah. So not only did we do that, but I sold so much stuff that I think my cats thought they were next. (laughs) You know, Dave Ramsey's always saying, you know, sell so much stuff the kids think they're next. Well, that was my cats. (laughs) Um, so when you're on your credit card debts, was there a, what was the max you guys had on one credit card? Cause I, I know myself, I had maxed out a credit card at $20,000, which I find astronomical, but was there a one credit card that you guys had like maxed out and what was that dollar value? Oh, look, I always had small credit cards for some reason. I could never just increase that credit amount. Yeah. Like I just couldn't bring myself to do it. So the maximum that I had was 2000. Oh, okay. So it was a nice small amount, but however, I kept paying them off and then going back into debt and maxing them out again. So it was a behavioral issue. Right. And so I was reading some of your blogs before and you guys, this, this was not an easy journey for you guys. You guys had a lot of, you guys had a lot of (laughs) tough, a lot of tough things you went to go through. So I, I think in one of your blogs, I read about your apartment. So maybe just touch on the apartment that you guys lived on or lived in at that time. We were renting an apartment just outside of town in the next state. Uh, it was really cheap to start with, but it has no air conditioning, no heating. So in winter, it was like an icebox. Yeah. And in summer, it was we couldn't sleep. It got to the point where there was a couple of weeks in the years where we just couldn't sleep. And we had to you know, sleep on the floor in the lounge room, have icebox all over us. Uh, I even bought a portable air conditioning unit to see if that would help. But we had, you know, quite a lot of problems with the real estate, just increasing our rent. We couldn't get the landlord to sign a new lease with us uh, without raising the rent again. So I just decided enough's enough. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to go and find somewhere in town, closer to my family, closer to work. 
and they can shove it. Right. I think we got an $800 after a $400 discount. So it would have been like $1,200 in total electricity bill for three months. That's how bad the wiring is in the complex. Yeah. Wow. That's a a really big sacrifice. I I know people in the debt-free community and people who are on this journey go through a lot of things, but to freeze (laughs) and to be like ridiculously overheated, you guys took it to the limit for sure. Absolutely. And those days I was sitting there thinking, what am I doing? I'm like, this, there's got to be a purpose. I have to get through this. Right. It'll be over before I know. And and the other and thing, then, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, and then we just moved into a more expensive apartment, you know, closer to work. So it meant that I didn't have to travel an hour to get to and from work every day. Right. So I think I also read on one of your blogs that your husband actually lost his job throughout your debt-free journey is that right he actually lost multiple jobs so what were you guys making you know minimums maximums throughout your debt-free journey because a lot of the people that i've talked to recently on the show they've had fairly large incomes and i don't think you guys were quite at the income that they were at so i think at the beginning when i was contracting i was making about 95 right and nick wasn't working yep when Nick is working, he would make probably 55 right. a year. But however, he would come in and out of employment trying to find a decent job that would treat him well because right. he works in the security industry and the security industry is like a boys club. If you say the wrong thing to them once, you're done. Right. They'll find a way to make your life hell and get rid of you. Um, so, you know, I was making, you know, 95. He was making, you know, 50, 55. I think at some points with all the overtime he was doing, it did bump him up to 60. Then uh, late last year when he wasn't working, I took a permanent position, which is the one that I'm in now. And I'm sitting at 76. And with my side hustle, I make probably another nine, $10,000 a year. Right. So for most of your journey, would you say you were at that 76,000 somewhere in there or were you a little bit more than that? I would probably say for majority of the journey, a bit higher. A bit higher. Okay, yeah. Cool. Um, so throughout your, you, do you guys obviously followed, I know some of the ba- Dave Ramsey's baby steps, you guys didn't necessarily yeah. follow them to a T, but you did follow them. Is that, would that be correct? We, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a shopaholic. I will freely admit that it does not fit in Dave Ramsey's baby steps <laughs> at all. <laughs> so I had to find a way to keep myself sane long enough to keep going. Right. So did you guys end up setting up your thousand dollar emergency fund when you first started. We did. Yeah. So did you ever have to use that while you were, I didn't, I didn't set it up right at the start because I had so much money coming in from my contract job. I was like, Oh, you know, if we have an emergency, I will just take that out of what's left over in my pay, right. which is, it was, you know, quite a substantial amount after all our minimums were paid. Right. And so I was like, I won't worry about it. And then after a while I kept seeing other people need to use their emergency fund. Right. And I thought, okay, well, maybe maybe I should set it up. And, you know, lucky I did because we did have to use it all the time for various things. So you did have to use it? Yeah. So on, on things such as, as what? Uh, so we'll put it this way. We are currently debt-free now, but last month I had to do a major car service on my car. I thought it was just going to be a basic service. Right. So I, was, I budgeted $100 
$160 for it or something like that. Right. And then they rang me and gave me a quote for nearly $700. Right. So then I used our emergency fund to pay for that. But otherwise, it was just, you know, when we used our emergency fund, it was a lack of discipline working towards the budget. Had I not gone and spent extra money when I shouldn't have, we probably wouldn't have need to use it. Right. And I was going to say most people who aren't debt free would go into that situation and maybe they would have budgeted for $160 and they get that $700 bill and now they're throwing it on their credit card and just adding to their debt. Exactly. So, So your emergency fund did work for you. That's good. Um, so you guys, yeah. you did say you, you guys paid off 44000 or just over that. but So that was our starting debt. Right. We then ended up paying it, off. Correct? We did. Yeah. So we ended up paying $57,000. Right. And that was in like 16 months, correct? Yes. Which is crazy because you guys are 20. You were 24 at the time? 25. You were 25 at the time and your husband was? 26. 26. So you guys were young debt freers. That's and it's a lot of money in a short period of time for you guys to to really pay off and you don't see that dollar value in that short timeline that often so congratulations for you guys on that thank you so after all that was paid off what was that feeling like did you guys pay it off together or was it just kind of you guys made the payment and it was what it was and kept on carrying on uh well i did it while nick was at work Right. And it was kind of like, okay, I've just made the last payment. He's like, yep, cool. Okay, what's next? We got, I think we were just so both so tired that it felt like nothing anymore. It was just, this is life. This is the next step we move through. We're a bit numb, not even excited in the slightest. And then when everybody started congratulating us, saying, you must be so excited, I was like, well, no, actually, I feel a bit burnt out. Yeah. So, look, are you guys, you know what? amazed if you look back at what you guys did and what you guys accomplished does it does it set in and you're like wow look what we did or you just kind of like yeah I we think did it. let's keep, keep mo- moving on and moving up the most wow moment for me is people messaging me asking me for advice yes. and telling me that I'm their inspiration because when I look at it I, like I always knew I was going to be debt free right. it was not a problem for me you know it was expected that I would pay off the debt because when you sign into a contract you have to pay out, you know, what is owing. Right. You know, it's up to you how quick you pay it, but it needs to be paid by a deadline. But I had women messaging me and some guys too saying, you're my inspiration. I can't believe you did that. Where do I start? Where do I sign up? You know, did you pay to have this, you know, your debt removed and paid off? You know, did you pay a service? I was like, no, I did it on my own. Yeah, it's, it's, that's fun when people ask you. you get to, yeah. You get to help others. Uh, yeah but I think one of the hardest parts was is majority of my followers are from America and there is a currency big difference in the currency between US dollar and Australian dollars so I was trying to then explain the living costs over here and you know how much a house cost here you know when people are saying oh but you know that's not that much debt I was like well you know on the scale of things it is well, regardless of where you are, dollars $60,000 is what you guys were almost at, just shy, but it's yeah. a lot of money. And you guys got rid of it in a short amount of time. So yeah. Would you guys, do you think you'll ever go back? Do you think you could ever go back into debt? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I bet mean, it's all about financial awareness. If you're aware 
of your financial circumstances and you can do it and you've got a stable environment, then go for it. I mean, buying a house for us, we will have to go into debt. Right. And but I'm... like a 20, 000, uh, 20% deposit is like $113,000 right. here. Yep. So... so housing would be definitely one thing we'd go back into debt for. Outside of a house though. Uh, look, I still use my credit card. Yeah. And we have a buy now, pay later service in Australia called Afterpay. My followers are very familiar with me being a bit of an Afterpay addict. I still use that. Right. It's still classified, you know, a line of credit. Well, not like a regulated line of credit, but that's how I think of it. Right. So I always say, you know, finances are personal and that's why they call them personal finances and, you know, whatever works for you, right? As long as yeah. you guys are comfortable with the plan that you guys have in place, then that works for you. Then yeah, that's then it. Go for it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So within your household, maybe even let's talk about before you guys were on your debt-free journey, who looked after the mm-hmm. money, paying bills, et cetera? Well, in the beginning, it was like shared. I'd say, okay, well, I need this amount to do this. So I would physically go and do it. Right. But I'd have to rely on Nick to send me the money first. Right. Or, you know, if we went and did the groceries, we'd go and pay it together and we would pay on two separate cards. And it was just oh, so okay. awkward and so uncomfortable, yes. yeah. which is when I got to the point saying, I don't know enough about this financial situation to make a good judgment call. Right. You know, I said, can I have access to your stuff? And he's like, yeah, of course. Yeah. I think that's really important in a, in a marriage for people to share there. yes it's, absolutely it's your money is when, my money and my money is your money and it's one it's one household and and one unit and that money all goes towards the same same end goal so it should be open and out of exactly one yeah that's that's my belief. We both Anyways, the I, know same that's, goal. I know that's not how a lot of people think but i'm a strong believer that if you're married your finances should be put together yeah, yeah. it makes it a lot easier i think because then you're more transparent you're accountable for sure, yes. I found I was more accountable when I had to discuss my purchases with Nick. Yeah. So if I'm going to go buy something, I'll send him a screenshot and say, what do you think? And of course, he already knows that I've checked to see if it's in the budget. And he'll tell me if he likes it, if he doesn't like it. Right. So did- and it just, you know, if he doesn't like it, I'm more likely to not get it. Right. Because he's holding me more accountable or he'll say, you know, how about we do it next fortnight? Right. Did you guys do yeah. that before? Would you, no. would you ask him before you bought something? Prior to your, I mean, I, I always ask for his opinion to see if he liked something, right. but not whether or not it would imp- like whether or not I changed my decision to actually buy it. Right, because I know I never used to do that. I used to just go buy it. And uh, look, and a lot of the times, you know, if it's a little purchase, I'll still do that. But sure. he checks every single purchase with me. Right, and that's really good, and it's really important because I feel like it shows. For me, I feel like it shows respect to your to your spouse and your partner that absolutely it's our money not that was a big problem for me because i never used to do that i could go make i don't want to say large purchases but a couple hundred dollars for a purchase mm-hmm. and i wouldn't tell my wife and yeah and now i do because i feel like i she deserves it's her money too it's not just my money so she exactly also know that so i i think that that happens in a lot of relationships where people just go buy stuff and they don't really say anything but those are the same people mm-hmm. that don't really have control of their finances and they don't really know what's going on, which was what happened in our household. It doesn't happen yeah. anymore. But... So you guys didn't really have that issue at all? 
No, no, not no, really. That's good. Um, so did you guys, I'm sure you're on a budget now. Were you on a budget before you guys started your journey or no? I think I've always had like a loose budget. Yes. You know, yeah. I always knew I had to save, you know, this amount of money for this, X amount of money for that. And I always had to pay things before the due date or on the due date. Right. Because otherwise it would just set my anxiety levels up. Right. Well, I used to live with my grandparents and my grandma was very strict on paying things when they're due, paying them early if she can. So I think that behavior kind of rubbed off on me. Right. So I would spend all my leftover money. That's not a problem. But making sure that everything was paid on time. Right. I, I was the same way when I was younger. I, I, had a, I did have a budget, but I made sure what needed to be paid was paid. And then after that, it was a, a free-for-all. It was a free-for-all. Yeah, for sure it was. Yeah. Plus, plus extra on my cards. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you had told me, and according to your Instagram name, that uh, you are a shopaholic. And you end Big up, time. Yeah, and you end up shopping when you feel anxious or depressed. Yes. So throughout your journey, your debt-free journey, were you able to – curb some of that or did it just become part of your budget or how did you deal with that honestly I think it just became part of my budget yeah yeah like I would just anticipate that it would happen yeah and a lot of the time I would then just put it on afterpay and you know my remaining splurge money I would just put back into that right so I was just spending my splurge money before I had it probably is the best way to put it right so what was the dumbest thing you did with money is there one dumb thing mm-hmm. above all else that trumps everything and was just ridiculously stupid? Not really. I mean, no. I've always been pretty intentional with money. I mean, if I wanted something, I got it. But a lot of my debt was just clothing related. Right. And, you know, this clothing is related to the industry that I work in. You know, I started to get known as the girl who wore that floral dress or that floral skirt people would recognize me as that person. So it became part of my personal brand. Right. And I think I'm very young, so I'm only 25. I've been working in the government for nearly two years now. It's to the point now where people look at me and they're like, how old are you? Because, you know, I'm not just a little pleb, like a little worker bee down the bottom. I have quite a substantial role working where I work now that I think, you know, dressing the part made a massive difference for me. both in my confidence levels and how other people saw me. Right. So you don't have kids, but no, no, I was reading some of your blogs and I'm just, I'm curious of what your thoughts are about kids in financial literacy. And if you, I don't know if it's taught in Australia, I'm guessing it's not, but. When I was in school, it wasn't really taught. Right. I mean, not personal finance. I think it should be a mandatory class that all high school students sit uh, listening to my youngest sister. So I've got a 17 year old sister now, but listening to her talk, there was, you know, some of her math class that did touch on, you know, having a budget and little things like that, but nothing substantial that I think kids need to be taught these days. They need to understand the difference between, you know, a credit card, the afterpay service, any of the other buy now, pay later services. And, you know, looking, is it going to be cheaper for them? If they need a new car, do they go a personal loan or do they go a car loan? Do they save up if right. their car is costing them that much money? Is, if it's like a money pit, you know, they need to be educated 
and I was not educated. Right, nor was I. Now, do you think parents should have some some say in, in how that goes? Because I, I was under, and I, I still believe some of it should be taught in schools, but I'm really under the belief now since I've gone through the debt-free journey and I have two young kids of my own and I've kind of learned financial literacy on my own that I feel like you're, the parent should be a large part of introducing their kids to that and raising their kids to be financially responsible. What are your thoughts on that? I agree. I think yeah. that you should be very transparent with your own finances for your kids' benefit. You know, if you start talking about you know, budgets, credit cards, debt payments, all those little topics, by the time they get to that class at school, they will have a firm understanding and then that's when they can ask the teachers who, again, would have the knowledge to provide that information as well, but their parents might not have. Or at least you would hope they do. I would hope, yes. <laughs> um, I did actually share a post on Instagram. I think it was last night uh, about balancing a checkbook. So that adults really drilled in the stop, drop and roll into our heads, yeah, but it didn't teach us how to yeah. balance our checkbook. Yes. And there, I did have a follower on there who was an ex-educator yeah. who said it is a village as a child yeah you know unfortunately growing up I didn't quite have that village you know there was a lot of circumstances around you know where my parents were at the time and I was raised with my grandparents for six years I did try and you know reach out to my mum who was living on the other side of the country at the time and she just kept telling me the only advice she gave me was save my money right just she's like just keep saving it you're gonna need it one day but otherwise really that is the only thing I was ever taught yeah, and I think that's like most, I think most parents are in the same boat and most parents don't know. And that's where you get stuck in the rat, the rat wheel, the yes. hamster wheel, and it just keeps on going around. So until parents start educating themselves and, and learning this stuff, it's, it's going to be a, a continuous cycle. Yeah, that's it. So you, you said you had a sister, does she follow or do you kind of talk to her about this? stuff or not not so much she actually follows me on instagram so she's been part of my debt-free journey since the beginning she you know she was probably one of the first people to actually find out about it because she's very tech savvy so she managed to find my instagram before i even had a chance to tell anybody about it but um she i think she wants to be like me and have that financial awareness right but since she's still in college so I don't know what the school system's like over there, but she's in year 12 over here, which is before you go to university. Right. So she's, she's been in school all this time. You know, she's tried to branch out and start some casual employment, um, but has always come back to the focus. The focus is on school and how can she get better grades. Right. So did you, you're talking about your Instagram account and when you, did you guys set it up when you first started your journey? Uh, I did. Yeah. I set it up before we even started our journey, actually. So I was just watching what everybody else did for a little bit of time before I jumped on the bandwagon. Right. So I think I had it for a couple of months before our debt-free journey started. So did did you tell a lot of people what you guys were doing or? Not really. I think it. No. I I always told my my mum. Right. And I had spoken to my grandma about it before my grandma had a brain aneurysm. And I think I did speak about it with my team at work. So my team at work was really, they're all very financial aware. Um, One of the ladies I work with, she is debt-free. 
um, one of the guys that I work with, he will be debt free when his house sells. And it's a really cool environment to have people think just like me. Yes. Yeah, for sure it is. I I have the same thing in my workplace now. There's a few guys that are very, very good with their money. Yeah. There's not very many people, I should say, there's not very many people that are very open uh, about their finances. And I think that's a lot of times because people are so embarrassed about where they are. They're not sure where the people they're talking to are and they don't want to feel like they're doing less or are below them. And it's, it's funny because in most cases your I think your workplace is not, it's probably not common for it to have that many people doing that well no, with money. Not at all. And so I think when most people go out and they're, they don't want to talk about financial literacy and where their finances are, it's really mm-hmm. their, their employees that they work with, the people that they work with are probably just in the same boat as they are. They're probably not yep. different. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So you started your Instagram, you started blogging. Why, yes. why did you start the blog? What was it about sharing your journey with others? Why, why did you want to do that? Probably for the people. So people kept messaging me saying, how are you doing this? How, can you, how do you cope? You're so inspiring. So I decided to put more out there since, you know, I couldn't respond to their messages all the time because I was at work or asleep because of the time zones. It just made it easier for them to have more substance to read right. if I started writing about things. Right. And, you know, I was very open with my Instagram in particular. You know, I spoke about marriage. I spoke about money. I spoke about mental health. I spoke about mental health in my marriage. And, you know, I've upset a lot of people because I'm so open. I'm very blunt. I don't tolerate any kind of trolling or anything like that. I will call people out on their bad behavior. Right. And people don't like that. You either love it or you hate it. Right. So you mentioned marriage and I wanted to ask you about this because you guys are still newlyweds. I think it's been a year. Is that correct? About a year? Yeah, just over a year. And it's funny because I was thinking about this and I've talked about it with my wife before. We've been married for eight years. But no one really tells you. Do you find, do you find the first year is really difficult for you guys? And I'm sure it was even more so because you guys started your debt-free journey in your first year of marriage. So it must've been really, really tough. And I think the thing is nobody ever tells anybody else that marriage is hard. It's not just an easy, easy thing. Did you guys, do you find that? I think it was honestly the worst year of my life. Yeah. Just the circumstances that just kept coming at us, you know, with Nick's employment, trying to find a good job for him that would actually like give him fulfillment. Right. Uh, in my personality, I'm a very big, I'm a control freak, like class A control freak. I need to have a plan. Everything needs to go to that plan. So when it doesn't happen, you know, I start to get quite upset about it and stress about it. And, you know, Nick's a very relaxed person. So he, could, he just goes with the flow. Right. But I did hear that the first year of marriage isn't easy, but I didn't think it would be this hard. Yeah. And it's, we found that that nobody ever told us that. So I know whenever, yeah. whenever we go to mar- to weddings, you know, I always pull the the bride and the and the uh, groom aside, and I I like to have a little talk with them. Like, you know, it's it's really hard on you guys are going to do great, but just be prepared. It's it's very tough, but stick it out. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's a very different dynamic when you're married than when you're just a couple living together, or you've been is. living together for a couple of years. Yeah. It, I can't even explain why it's different, but there is a different dynamic. For sure, it is. Yep. 
so yeah, that's a fun conversation. So do you, do you read a lot of books or do you listen to a lot of podcasts? Is there anything that you recommend? Uh, above all, I do recommend Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover. And I think listening to his daily radio podcast on Spotify, I could listen to it on free so it didn't cost me anything. That was really helpful along my journey, just hearing other people having that hard time, I could relate to them. Some of them were in worse situations than me and it made me feel a bit better. Yes. But I didn't really have too much time to read because I was working so much. So if I could listen to something in the car while I was driving to work, work and back, that made my life easier. Yeah, I, I still listen to Dave Ramsey a lot, even though we're debt free. It's I, I just did, I enjoy the way. I don't know if it's the way his voice comes over. He's been you know, doing it for such or, a long time. Yeah, it's to the point now where he doesn't care what you come back and say. That's just an excuse, and he he's, will call you out on it. He's very much like he's just blunt. Yes, like, he doesn't care what you think. And absolutely, this is the way it is. And if you don't want to do it, then I guess don't. Then go away. Show. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. Cool. So you, you're in Australia. You are in what city? In Canberra. So it's the capital yeah. of Australia. Cool. So if I was coming to Canberra and I was looking for a place to eat, because whenever we go on vacation, my wife gets angry at me because I love to go to places that <laughs> we, we don't have back home. And she's like, we have that back home. We don't have that specific. I just like to experience new, new food in different places. So if I was coming there, whether it was a fast food place or a fancy restaurant, where would you recommend me go to eat uh there's two places so in canberra we have a chicken place called kingsley's uh, canberra is the only place that actually has it in australia that i'm aware of so they have some like crinkle cut chips and all different types of chicken yep it's pretty good i feel like you just can't come to canberra without going to kingsley's and the second place would be oski's burgers so there's a burger shop on the other side of town to me that does one of the best burgers. Like they're handmade on site and you can tell that they have made their meat patties themselves. Yep. And it just, it, the taste is really good. It's the most satisfying burger I've ever had. <laughs> okay. So now if I'm going to an event there, if I'm going to do, it doesn't have to be an event. It could be some place that I would go there to enjoy myself either before the dinner or after the dinner. Yeah. Where, where would I be going? What would I be going to do there? Oh, Canberra's known for its politicians. Realistically, you're either here to work or you're here to see your family. No one really okay. comes to Canberra for a holiday because there really isn't much to do here. There's nothing there. There's um, nothing fun. No, not really. It has a terrible nightlife. <laughs> so, and it's got a lot of, um, like, a lot of monuments that tourists can come and visit. So, I mean, we, we don't have a beach. We're the only capital city in Australia that doesn't have a beach. Wow. So that's kind of depressing. So Especially, what is, I love the beach. <laughs> what is the closest beach to you guys then? What's the closest? Uh, uh... Batemans Bay is two hours away. Okay. That's if still, there's no traffic. Still a fair, fair trek. Yes. Cool. So for the listeners who are listening who have either – just started their debt-free journey or people who are thinking about starting their debt-free journey, give a couple pieces of advice for them that you think would help them out the best. I think probably the biggest one is being honest with your budget. There was a lot of times where I budgeted too less in certain categories because I thought 
that I would be able to only spend that amount of money, but it just wasn't possible. Like a lot of the times I would budget too little for groceries thinking, oh, we can manage that. And I'd get to the grocery store and I routinely spent, you know, $50 over that budgeted amount. So then I had to start, you know, redoing my budget right. and make it easier. Not, not even so easier, just make it more realistic right. to follow. And I think that's a common problem with a lot of people. We still do that on our budget. We still have to constantly readjust. So yes. I, I think for people who are out there and they can't get their budgets to work, it's, it's not uncommon for you guys. Mm-hmm. It's something that everybody who has a budget likely goes through and it's just part of having the budget. That's why you have the budget. The budget is evolving. You know, it's yes. this great Constantly. thing. Yes. I think we sit down and we do ours every fortnight. So every second week we do our budget together now. Okay. And I think. I don't want to, I'm, I, sorry. I don't want to confuse people in North America who think you're talking about the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bi- bi-weekly in America. So bi-weekly. Fortnite, fortnight means bi-weekly. In yes. Australia. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I think the second point is communication. That you really need to communicate with your spouse or if you don't have a spouse, maybe your accountability partner, set yourself up with somebody who's on the journey with you, whether it be someone online, the debt-free community is massive. There is people in there that you can connect with, you know, probably in your city or, you know, all over the world. It's always good to have a line of communication, you know, for your own benefit and your own mental health. Yeah, for sure. So if people want to follow you on Instagram or read your blogs where can they where can they do that uh so they can find me on instagram under debt free shopaholic um i'm the one with the underscore at the end and the link to my blog is actually in my bio i'm nearly always online so if anybody has any questions or any comments they can flick me a message or flick me a comment and i'll respond pretty quickly great so guys go give her a follow and maddie thank you so much for coming on tonight no, thank you um, for I having me. I guess it's in the morning where you are. It's nighttime here, but <laughs> yes, it's again. eleven in the morning here. Yeah, thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate it, and I, uh, I had a lot of fun. Me too. Thank you. Hey guys, thank you again so much for listening in today. I really appreciate all the listeners out there. Thanks to Madeline for joining me today. I really appreciate her coming on and sharing her story with myself and all of you guys, the listeners. Make sure you guys go out, give Maddie a follow on Instagram. All her links will be in the podcast description. And again, if you want to follow me, you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook. You can find me on YouTube. Just search me out. If you have questions, Feel free to contact me on any of those social media platforms or you can get a hold of me through email at aemoneysolutions at outlook.com. Send in your questions. We'll put them on the show. If you guys want to be on the show and talk about your debt-free journey, you're more than welcome. Just let me know, guys. Send me a message. Thanks again for listening. I really, really appreciate it. Have a great one, guys, and we'll see you in episode 11.